Hello, WestJet pilots and other podcast listeners. Uh, welcome to this edition of PyRep, the WestJet Pilots podcast. I'm your host, Captain Desmond Jordan. I'm joined today in the sound booth as usual with our Captain Chris Savon Jones, the Wizard of Sound. And also today we are joined by Captain Francis Hain. He is our WestJet Merger Committee Chair. Francis, how are you doing today? I'm well. Thanks a lot, Des. Thanks for having me on your uh, podcast. It's it's a pleasure. It's my pleasure. Uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of meeting you uh, outside of the podcast arena, uh, but some of our pilots haven't. They don't know exactly who you are. I may have had the good fortune of meeting you. I was wondering if maybe you could give us a little bit of background about uh, who you are, uh, what you do, and how you came to be at WestJet. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I started my flying career back in 1998. I uh, went through a stint, brief stint at the Arctic, ended up doing some medevac flying, and then at Jazz, I've been at WestJet for 13 and a half years. I uh, started, uh, I'm a Toronto-based captain. Right now, somewhere in there, I did a stint in academia, so I have a bit of an academic and uh, science background, and uh, have served the WestJet pilots uh, for a number of years now. I was uh, involved in the WJPA prior to our unionization, and then involved with the commuter committee, the negotiations committee. And then about a year ago, I was appointed by the MEC to be the merger committee chair. Okay, excellent. You see you have a bit of a background in science. Could, could you expand on that for us a little bit? Uh, yeah, I have a PhD in biophysics and a postdoc. Hey, you know, we appreciate you accepting the uh, posting as the merger chair. Uh, how about the rest of your committee, the people that you're working with? Yeah, I'm joined by uh, three other very capable members. I've got uh, Captain Rob Seabass McFadden. He was instrumental in bringing ALPA uh, to WestJet, and he served as our first MEC chair. I have uh, First Officer Ted Hebert. He is a first officer based out of Winnipeg. And he was on the negotiating committee for both WestJet and for Encore. And then I have First Officer Paul Haslam. His experience on the SPSC and uh, was integral in ensuring the positive result that we got here in uh, CA2. Good team. Sounds They're like a really good team. Excellent, yes. As we mentioned, we're here to discuss the goings-on with the merger situation that we find ourselves in. Can you give us some background as to how we got to the this point in the merger process, or where are we in this merger process? Yeah, so uh, as you're aware, uh, Sunwing and uh, WestJet announced their merger uh, back a bit over a year ago now. So after a long uh, regulatory back and forth, uh, that merger was approved uh, by, the, by the federal cabinet. And so that raises the question, how do we integrate the pilot group of both Sunwing Airlines and WestJet into one unit? And so the, the guidance that we get is from the ALPA merger and fragmentation policy. That's section 45 of the ALPA uh, administration manual. And it's the roadmap for how this, uh, how this uh, merger will take place. Okay. How did this ALPA merger policy come to be developed? What's the background behind that? Certainly. So a number of years ago, uh, probably about 15 years ago now, there was a merger between U.S. Airways and America West. And the U.S. Airways was essentially bankrupt. And they, uh, because they were essentially bankrupt, they had not hired for many years. They had many pilots on furlough. And they merged with a much more healthy America West pilot group that had much less uh, seniority. 
And so there were uh, considerable differences between the pilot groups in how they felt that this merger uh, should equitably happen. And so if you imagine, let's say, a, a date of hire uh, scenario, that doesn't really do much justice to the America West pilots who came with the money and, and the healthy airline. And in the end, the arbitrator ruled that uh, date of hire would only account for about 15% of the waiting and what we call status and category or, or roughly analogous uh, relative seniority would count for 85% of the merger award. This resulted in some America West pilots gaining approximately 23 years of seniority on the US Airways pilots. Uh, but on the flip side, they weren't the ones that were bankrupt. And this caused an uproar with the US Air pilots. They elected to leave ALPA. And after they left ALPA, ALPA revisited the policy to make sure that uh, things were done properly, uh, and that there would be equitable uh, solutions for both parties. And what does that revisited policy look like today? Well, it's there's there's a lot to the ALPA merger policy, um, but it one of the things that it uh, stipulates is that when it's two ALPA carriers merging, uh, that ALPA kind of takes a step back and that dues cannot be used towards uh, merging the groups. The groups have to raise their own uh, funds for that. It also talks about timelines, how to maintain uh, that you're adhering to a certain timeline, that the merger gets accomplished in a efficient fashion. It talks about some equitable principles. Uh, the one thing that you have to keep in mind, the ALPA merger policy is largely an American document. So there are some minor differences between the American labor law under the Railway Labor Act and the uh, Canadian labor law of the, the Canada Labor Code. Okay. So it's stipulated in the merger policy that we cannot use uh, certain ALPA counsel. Is that the reason that we have the uh, the assessment? Or in, in, to your knowledge, what will the funds for that assessment be used for? Yeah, great question, uh, Des. So we are a considerably larger employee group than Sunwing. And we are represented by ALPA. And Sunwing is represented by Unifor. When there's going to be an application made to the CIRB, the Canadian Industrial Relations Board, uh, they will designate uh, either have a vote or they will simply assign a union. And because we are so much larger than the Sunwing Pilot Group, uh, our lawyers have told us that it's almost an inevitability that ALPA will be the successor bargaining agent. And so because of that inevitability, ALPA lawyers have said that ALPA does owe a, a duty of fair representation to the Sunwing Pilots, and therefore they can't uh, provide legal services to us and we have to pay for those ourselves. Okay. And we've determined that it's going to be a $50 per pay period assessment f for each pilot. That's correct. Is, is there a, a reason why we went with $50 per pilot or, or not some other ratio? Uh, do you mean uh, the amount or do you mean that it's $50, a fixed amount as opposed to a percentage? Uh, yeah. It, the idea that it'll be $50 per paycheck per pilot right. as opposed to 3% so, or 10% or 20% per pilot. Right. So, I mean, 20% per pilot would be a, a massive, a massive amount. Uh, so that would be cost prohibitive, that's, um, that's but very it, true. it would get us a lot of really good lawyers. Um, but talking about uh, the fixed amount, the WestJet pilots generally pay a, a percentage for their union dues. But in this case, a merger has the potential to affect 
junior pilots to a greater extent than it does senior pilots. So we felt that it was most equitable that all pilots pay the same amount of money. It's also easier if there's funds left over at the end of it uh, to refund a fixed amount as opposed to a percentage. Okay. So here we are at the incipient stages of this merger process. Have you had an opportunity to, you know, uh, have any conversations with your counterparts from Sunwing? And if so, what are they like? Yeah, we've uh, met with them on a number of occasions. And, uh, you know, they're a committee of uh, five pilots just like us. They're out there to look out for the best interest of the uh, Sunwing group, just like we're out to look uh, out for the best interest of the uh, WestJet Pilot Group. And they've been uh, fruitful and constructive uh, discussions. We've uh, exchanged some information, uh, discussed about how things um, might progress and the preliminary steps that uh, we need to take in order to achieve an equitable result. Okay. In your mind, what are the steps that you think... um we will need to follow to come to a fair and equitable agreement. Sure. So how about I I, I discuss the timeline uh, as we understand it. So the next thing that is going to happen is uh, there's going to be an application uh, by the employer, by WestJet, uh, for uh, what we call a a single employer declaration or, or application of common control. And that is where WestJet asks the Canadian Industrial Relations Board, the CIRB, uh, to declare that there are two or more entities, so in this case WestJet and Sunwing. They are controlled by the same person or the same uh, group of managers, and therefore the employees uh, should be integrated. Uh, So we're expecting that to happen within the next uh, month or two. Following that, uh, there will be an opportunity for Sunwing pilots to respond uh, to that uh, to that application, whether they agree with it or disagree or what they would like to, to see. Once that is settled, then the the two MECs will negotiate what we call a transition process agreement, uh, which governs how this merger will occur. So as an example, what happens to a Sunwing pilot's sick time when they come over or what happens to their disciplinary files or how many vacation points do they get so that's the transition process agreement then we have a protocol agreement which is another agreement between the two MECs Unifor and ALPA that sets out how the seniority list integration uh, will occur after that the merger committees will meet on a on a schedule and we will attempt to negotiate how a finalized seniority list integration uh, will look like. The scope clause, as well as our LOU 20, uh, govern the timelines uh, for a lot of that, and then uh, as well as the ALPA merger policy. So as you know, uh, our uh, Chief Operating Officer, Diederik Penn, recently put out a memo, and he said they'd like to have this integration done by uh, December of next year. So that's quite an aggressive uh, timeline. Uh, but we are working hard uh, to make sure that the company receives a seniority list, an integrated seniority list, uh, by that time. Uh, I know that uh, none of us can say for certain how any merger is going to work out conclusively. Do you have any examples or any pre- of any precedents or how other uh, mergers have gone in the past that might, might apply to this situation? Uh, well, certainly. Uh, I mean, we can look at... Uh, mergers in Canada, we can look at mergers in the in the states. Uh, so for example, a, a merger in Canada, we look at how the regional uh, airlines merged uh, back about 20, 
20, 25 years ago or so. Uh, and they went uh, a date of hire. So when you had Airbnb, Air Alliance, Air Nova, Canadian Regional, and Air Ontario merge, they just simply made a date of hire, and uh, and then they had some sort of what's called a no bump, no flush provision in there that you can kick somebody else out from another airline. So there's one example of of how that happened. I recall I was a part of that. Uh, yes, yeah, and then uh, and then you also have uh, other other methods as well, which is in the Alpa merger policy is called status and category. And uh, that's how the Air Canada Canadian uh, merger went. And that's roughly uh, analogous to relative seniority, where you take somebody who is, let's say, 20%, top 20% of the seniority list before the merger, and then you fit them in at the uh, 20% level on the, on the subsequent seniority list. Okay. That sounds uh, very complicated and quite involved. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it did take me quite a while to wrap my head around it. It, uh, it is a bit more complicated than I'm making it out to be, uh, but uh, simplified, that's basically the simplified answer. Okay. It's a good thing we have a biophysicist dealing with it. So what might be an example of, say, how Air Canada dealt with their situation? Yeah, great, uh, great question. So if you recall from uh, back, you know, last millennium or uh, turn of the millennium, uh, you had Air Canada and Canadian merged. And so that merger was significantly different than the merger that we're going into with Sunwing Airlines. And in that case, you had Canadian Airlines that was literally going to run out of cash in two days. So they had enough cash for two more days of operations uh, before they needed to be bailed out. If you, as you recall, uh, Onyx made a play for Air Canada and Canadian at the time, which was uh, overruled by uh, the Quebec Superior Court. And in that case, Canadian pilots were considerably more senior, had more years of service than the Air Canada pilots because they were not hiring. So had that merger gone date of hire, it would have been very inequitable to the Air Canada pilots because they had just bailed out the Canadian pilots. And now you would have seen the Canadian pilots on top because of their longer longevity. And their longer longevity was due to the fact that they weren't growing. So in that case, the arbitrator ruled um, that a status and category approach was more appropriate. And so you took a certain number of uh, Air Canada pilots, and then you ratioed them in with a certain number of Canadian pilots. And then you looked at their wide body aircraft and you looked at how many narrow body aircraft they had and their captain's FOs and, and ratioed them in. Uh, what's important to note in the, uh, in the first case in the uh, Michnik arbitration was that 137 pilots from Canadian ended up at the bottom of the list and the CIRB uh, ruled that that was unfair and sent it back to a different arbitrator, Keller. Uh, which adopted a similar approach, but uh, avoided a bottom of the list uh, type scenario. Okay. So it seems like in the Canadian uh, industrial marketplace, the idea of a pure bottom of the list scenario is not something that is looked favorably upon. I, it, I don't, it's, it, uh, I can't think of it happening in Canada. It happened once in the States. Okay. So we mentioned a couple of things before. One of them was that we were doing a $50 assessment per pay period. And the other was that we cannot actually use um, ALPA legal resources in this process. So with that in mind, can we touch on what we will be using that uh, $50 for, where those funds will go to, 
And uh, have we retained any specific uh, council that has any expertise in this area? Yeah, great question. So like we were discussed, we have a, a $50 per pay uh, special assessment. A large portion of that goes towards uh, retaining independent legal counsel. So recently we retained the services of Dan Shields. Dan Shields is a veteran labor lawyer that was involved in the Air Canada Canadian uh, merger. And uh, what drew us to him was just his knowledge about aviation. So there's many lawyers that know a lot about labor law, but there's very few lawyers that know a lot about labor law and aviation. So when you talk about things like integrated seniority list and just how important seniority is to our careers, he knows immediately what you're talking about. And he doesn't have to get the background information about what is a seniority list and why is it important. So uh, a good chunk of that is is for the lawyer. Uh, The other important thing to note is that when our ALPA lawyers, they are lawyers that are retained by ALPA and they owe their solicitor client uh, duty towards their client, ALPA. And they are assigned to us to work for us. In this case, Mr. Shields is the WestJet MEC's lawyer. He represents us directly as opposed to our union. And so if there was ever a conflict between what's best for WestJet pilots and what's best for the union, he is there to represent us to ensure that it's WestJet pilots get the best possible representation that they can get. Okay, excellent. And the uh, Sunwing pilots, uh, who is their representation? So Sunwing pilots are represented by Unifor. And they will continue to be represented uh, by Unifor until they are represented by ALPA. And uh, they have indicated uh, to us that they would prefer to remain with Unifor for as long as possible. So what other resources will be available to us from ALPA during this process? There's a number of uh, additional resources that ALPA provides. Um, ALPA has uh, world-class economic and financial analysis teams. You've seen uh, that, that before? Yeah, during our collective agreement and and back from negotiations. I mean, they are a major part of that. They also have their expertise in in having mergers. Uh, there's been a number of ALPA mergers. They have an ALPA merger policy. They know the best practices for mergers to ensure that uh, pilots get the, the most equitable outcome uh, from the merger. Well, Francis, you know, it sounds like this could be a complicated process. There are a lot of moving parts, a lot of ifs, maybes, and if this happens that are involved here. But really, I think what our pilots want to know is how, in a nutshell, do you feel that this is going to affect them? So if we, the purpose of our committee is to ensure that WestJet pilots' careers are protected. And so a WestJet pilot won't end up any worse off than they were uh, prior to the merger. And if we do our jobs correctly, I do believe that WestJet pilots and actually, for that matter, Sunwing pilots will both end up further ahead after this merger than before. Uh, we are a stronger pilot group united and and together. It's important to note that our next collective agreement negotiations are less than three years away. And it is important that we go into those collective agreement negotiations united. And we are going to play the long game. We are going to learn from the past and make sure that long-term Canadian aviation, uh, the the profession in Canadian aviation um, benefits positively uh, from that. 
And if we look in the past, we can see what happens when when that doesn't happen, when when we look uh, and are very short sighted. Uh, you end up with division. Uh, you end up with a uh, company whipsawing pilots, as we saw in Air Canada and uh, Jazz. And Canadian aviation does not progress. Uh, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, you know, it sounds very fair and reasonable. You know, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like we, we can't guarantee the outcome. But as a group and as a committee, we can guarantee that we're going to do everything within our power to protect our pilots. That is correct. Yes. Right Good stuff. So in your mind, do you think that we'll be able to come to a negotiated agreement with Sunwing or do you think that we'll end up in arbitration? That's a really good question and pretty much impossible to answer because you never know how these things are going to go. Uh, We are definitely hoping for a negotiated agreement. Uh, We will uh, present Sunwing with reasonable proposals. They're going to be integrative and and fully costed and, and demonstrate the benefits to both parties on the proposals uh, that we that we will be giving them. Well, Francis, I've been in aviation for decades. I've seen multiple mergers, and it always seems that the pilots are unhappy. Why is that? That's a that's a really good question, Des, and, and it's difficult to answer. I would say a large part of it has to do with the fact uh, that pilots have vastly divergent views of how things should go. So if you look back at the Air Canada Canadian merger that happened 20 years ago, you had Air Canada pilots uh, that had fewer years of service than uh, Canadian pilots. And they're looking at it as like, look, you almost ended up out of work and we bailed you out. We need to get some sort of a priority uh, on this integration. And then you have Canadian pilots that look at it the opposite way and be like, who cares that you bailed us out? The fact is, I've been around for 25 years and I should keep my 25 years of seniority. And it's important to note that I strongly believe that when this merger is all done, WestJet pilots will be better off. Uh, They will have greater... Uh, we will have greater uh, bargaining capital going into a next collective agreement. There will be more opportunities, more flying. Uh, that is a possibility, perhaps uh, more bases. And I think if pilots look at their own personal circumstances before and after the merger, objectively, they will notice that they are better off after the merger. What often happens is pilots don't just look at their own circumstances. They look at somebody else's circumstances. So kind of like, sure, I got a puppy for Christmas, but Jimmy got a pony. And you might think that somebody else ended up with a better deal after the merger. But if you ask that person, they would probably say the opposite and say that you got a better deal. So like I said, if you look at your own circumstance after the merger, I'm confident that WestJet pilots will realize that this merger will benefit them and the work that we are doing will pay off for their careers. Francis, thank you very much for taking the time today to come in and bring us up to speed on what's happening in the uh, merger process. You know, it's an interesting time. There is a lot of what ifs, this may happen, that may happen, other things that we are not certain of what the outcome will be. But I think there is one thing that we can be certain of, is that is, uh, regardless of what happens in this process, 
we will do, be doing everything within our power to ensure that our pilots' best interests are taken care of. Yeah, that's right, Des. Our committee remains uh, committed uh, to ensure that WestJet pilots are uh, protected and uh, that the long-term career up implications of this merger uh, work out for everybody. That's good to hear. That's very reassuring. And I'm sure our pods will be uh, very happy with that. Well, that is it for today and for this edition of PyRep Podcast. Remember, it's a busy time, so stay informed. Uh, read your fast reads. If you have questions, look out for a P2P member or file a dart. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the PyRep Podcast. <laughs>